this is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. On this week's show, we talk about the Redskins game balls and kicking the balls awards for the entire season. The game against the 49ers, the Dallas debacle, and much, much more. Live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, y'all? Yo, yo, yo. What's happening? Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to... Although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. I'll be missing you. And it kind of sucked. Hey, but at least we didn't. Hey, at the very least, there's some positives to look at from the season. We didn't have a losing one. There are positives. Even though we did lose to both we the. We were positively awful. Even though three of our losses were to <clears throat> the Rams, the 49ers. Look, the food said a little bit louder, dude. Honestly. The Rams, yeah. the 49ers, and the Who Day Revolution. Bingo. Wait, 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 wait. We, we lost to Who? Who Day. Day, Who Day. Who Day. <laughs> Swept the, the Eagles. Eagles. We beat the Cowboys once, and we swept the we Eagles. Not good enough. Our in our in division record was what three and three. We swept the, the Eagles, which was ironic because they're in the playoffs. Okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah, and they're only one and three in the division, which is odd. And odd to me. Go ahead. What else? No, they're not one and three. What are they? Dude, they'd I think. Be like, no, they beat the Giants, and then they beat the Cowboys, so that's two and two. and two. Just, it, It's fuzzy math. It's fuzzy math, dude. I don't yeah. know. But we can buy the entire Redskins from Dan Snyder for $1 million. <laughs> well, if everyone donates a dollar. <laughs> All of our listeners. <laughs> it could be a Harry Hog owned and operated. We could make it like the uh, like the uh, Green Bay Packers, where we're the season ticket holders, or the people there, the uh, the the, the uh, stockholders as well, and the team. You know, in the age of the internet, that could be done. Basically, start a campaign, and say, "Here it is. We're going to buy the Washington Redskins." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately, Daniel Snyder is never, ever, ever going to give up the Redskins. Money talks. Which he's going to have dumbasses like Vinny Serrato up there running the show. Money talks, dude. Money talks. Money talks, and and oftentimes head coaches walk. Speaking of someone else who talks, did you guys see the comments from um, Carlos Rogers this week? He's got a pretty big head now that he actually held on to an interception. He's always had. A- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he basically said, uh, "I'm paraphrasing here that um, he don't back up nobody." Does that mean he backs up somebody? Yeah, it was something to that effect. Um, yeah, so uh, he was he pretty was mad. Upset. I think he said he played nine plays against Cincinnati, or, I believe, or against Philadelphia, and he was very upset about that. But uh, Dude, let's face I don't know it. how many picks Carlos Rogers had on the season, but I'm pretty sure D'Angelo Hall, I think, tied him or beat him. <laughs> and I think he beat him, A. I think Carlos Rogers may have had two, and I think D'Angelo Hall had three or four, but I'd have to look that stat up. Sure. And let me point this out to you also, dude. Um, A football team is not going to bench you because you're the best player. So what's that telling you is that you're going to back up somebody if you're not as good as them. So maybe you should go to practice more and start learning how to catch those You're passes. You're not as good as them. It's as simple well, as that. Well, have a chance to start next year because they're probably going to cut Sean Spring. Yeah, that's what John was saying. So why yeah, don't even 
so, hopefully sign D'Angelo Hall. He needs to just keep his mouth shut right now. So why was he opening his mouth? Yeah, if, doesn't he realize he might not be um, wise enough to realize that Sean Springs is on the verge of being cut because he plays like maybe, maybe half the games, even though when he does play, he's really good. He produces when he plays. <laughs> he does produce when he plays. He's also going to cost like $8.4 million on the salary cap next year. Well, that's true. Um, and he's 35 years old. Mm-hmm. My thought about Carlos Rogers is this. If if Carlos <laughs> Rogers leaves and he goes somewhere else, it could very well be another one of those situations where he was at the Redskins and he got his feet wet and he went somewhere else and then had, had this huge breakout and becomes a good Yeah, we can't really afford to lose him. Actually, I think I think he's. I mean, he's not horrible, but we can't. He's not great. He's not horrible right now. We can't really afford to lose him though, because the third backup or the third guy is going to be Fred Smoot if if right. Springs gets cut. But I think there does need to be a point where we say, okay, let's cut our losses with Carlos Rogers. You know, whether that is, okay, look, here's the deal, dude. You're, you're going to start next year. Sean Springs is gone. Whatever. You're going to produce. If you don't produce, you're out of here. Now, on the other hand. With people like Joe Yuck and Troy Aikman um, kind of stroking Carlos Rogers for whatever reason this year, they want him to go to Dallas. Um, we might be able to test the waters and, as as Danny would say, see what we can get for him. Because he might be at he might be. What I'm sensing here is that he's at the top of his marketability because of this media. Um, favoritism or whatever you want to call it towards him at this point in his career, even though he pretty much sucks. Yeah, and, imagine what his marketability would be if he actually had done something. I know. So Dude, All I know is that he was tied with Landry and D'Angelo Hall with two picks for second on the team um, for the season, and D'Angelo Hall only played eight games. I thought D'Angelo Hall had three picks. He had two in like two weeks. No, and then he, had, a, he had two picks and he had a fumble recovery. When, oh, did, okay. when, did, fumble when did Rogers yeah. have another pick? He had one um, early, early in the in year. The season. Was he wearing the same gloves that he wore this time? That's a good question. Uh, his other interception was against Arizona. Because if so, he needs to wear those gloves every game. <laughs> well, I don't know, but you well, know what? By the way, the leader on interceptions this year was Chris Horton with three. Nice. Rookie, I might add. He's solid, and they need to give him a big contract. Now, I want to point something else out about Carlos Rogers. If he really wants to get paid and not back up nobody, um, why does – you guys might be able to answer this. How come it seems like Carlos Rogers is always giving up huge, like, eight-yard cushions on, like, third and fives? And is that something that's uh, called by the defensive coordinator, or is that his that's individual a, preference of how he's going to play the guy? I think it's a great question. You? I don't know. I don't know if that's yeah. I don't know if that's a keep him in front, keep the defender in front of you, then don't break mentality that the defense has had for a few years now, or or what? I really don't know. I don't know either. But obviously, if it was wrong and he was playing that way every game, don't you think they would correct that? I mean, that's a big, big thing because you see it every game. Yeah, at every game, I'm yelling at the TV like, "Move up." And then he doesn't, and they just run like a little teeny little slant or post or whatever and get yeah. the first down. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's talk about this last game here. All right, moving the on from Carlos Rogers. more points in this game than they did any other team the entire season. Why is that? Yeah, I don't know if they were just tired of you know carrying the offense or what, but the offense also scored the fourth most points that they scored this season. The fourth most points? So it was points? like the offense finally kind of woke up, and the defense just pooped the bed. Well, they haven't had like two touchdowns in, since September or something like that. Um, I think a lot of the deal with the defense coming into the, late into the season is that a lot of people are older. A lot of people are getting tired. Um, people are getting injured, of course. But, like, French Smoot slowed down a lot. Rocky McIntosh looked bad near the end of the season there. Um, Marcus Washington was trying to come back, and he was okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the defensive ends were non-existent. The defense just looked pretty bad in this game for the most part, and they got lucky a few yeah. times with a bad throw by Sean Hill and and the fumble and whatnot. But um, for the, they were, like, gouging us on the run like I haven't seen all year. 
Well, that that was again the last few games that started happening to the Redskins, giving up the plays on the run. The linebackers were not, well, they weren't backing up the line basically, and the runs were able to bust through for for big games often. Now, was some of this the fact that they knew they weren't in the playoffs anyway, so they let down a little bit? I don't think so. I don't think I don't you can think play like that when you make millions of dollars, dude. Um, you wouldn't I think so. I don't so. think you should play like that if you make millions of dollars. But, I don't think anyone gave up. I think people just didn't play well. I would agree. Well, yeah. That, uh, Aaron, you're saying something. I can hear you. I was going to say, well, I know a bunch of other people that made millions of dollars and played a lot worse than that on Sunday. (laughs) 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 Ladies and gentlemen, your Dallas Cowboys. Tony Tony Choke Roma. Speaking of those, do you you think uh, Wade Phillips will be back? Do you think uh, we might see Shanahan down in Dallas? Shanahan's kind of a prick. He'd be a good coach to be down there. Aren't he and Jerry Jones kind of close anyway? Um, uh, wait, did Wade Phillips get fired? No, dude. Not yet. Shanahan did, though. He could Shanahan got fired. Dude, it would be our yeah, luck that they'd bring Bill Cowher in there, but I heard he's talking to the Jets. Well, uh, Bill Cowher signed a uh, extension with CBS. He is not going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, he's waiting to see if Zorn works out. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> Zorn and, and Shanahan, Shanahan was going to talk to the Jets, but apparently, there you go, only 45 <laughs> seconds late. The, um, Shanahan was going to talk to the Jets, but uh, or, or was, was in the beginning of talks, but then I guess he said, no, no, thank you. So supposedly he has no interest in going to the Jets. Yeah, hmm. forget about all that. Yeah, never mind that. Never mind that. Well, well, you know, 49 well, well, my my initial thought was, before we get off of that, was, okay, they've said that Zorn is safe next year, but here comes Mike Shanahan, and, you know, does the Danny start to see, like, whoo, Mike Shanahan's available. I never um, thought, oh, yeah. You but, know what I mean? But Shanahan hasn't done anything in 10 years. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. Joe Gibbs hasn't done anything in 12 years. I mean, literally nothing. At least Shanahan had been playing football. Yeah, but Joe Gibbs is like, you know, the idol. Yeah, to yeah, Redskins legend, Nation. all that good stuff. That, that's fine. But Shanahan, what you got to see what I'm saying a little bit here. Oh yeah, Danny has a reputation of doing that. I mean, you know, bringing in Cameron Schottenheimer, bringing in Spurrier, all that good stuff. So you know, it wouldn't be surprising, and that's why there's all that speculation, but. Serato came out and said that Zorn is the coach next year. Maybe yeah. Danny has finally learned his lesson about just well, musical chair like coaches. Haven't, haven't lied before. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Let's talk about the 49ers game. Yeah, I think Zorn's going to be back next year. And if I think if he doesn't do um, it better than this year, he's cut. Okay, back to the 49ers do you, game. Do you think that Zorn should be cut if, if he has another bad or another mediocre year? I don't I think, think he should. I think he should have three years. If they're going to stick with him now, they should give him two more years. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think he should be cut. I'm just saying I think that Danny, if he doesn't do better than he did this year, will cut him because he doesn't have any patience. It, it, it takes time. I mean, he's a rookie coach. It takes time to build yourself, you know, a team, build yourself up, but get your system working. Eight and eight's not that bad. What did Joe Gibbs do in his first year? And look who he had choosing play, choosing players for him at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Quite possibly the best. Strato's who's, <laughs> who's draft class is the only person who's stand out so far from the draft class is Serato's first official one as, as whatever his vice president of, of Kiss and Bud is uh, Horton. the last pick from the seventh, yeah. at the end of the seventh round. It was like almost Mr. Irrelevant. You know what we should that's do? Just, that's just freaking luck. This right year, there. we've got three receivers, one of them being a tight end, that didn't do jack. And I know I said a few, a few weeks ago that a lot of times receivers mean second year. You know, they really start coming out much better in their second year. And we'll see what happens with that next year. But, mm, man. Yeah, we didn't complete. draft class when you got 10 picks. Yeah, these big receivers that we were supposed to get, we didn't complete one fade pattern to them in the end zone, which other teams do every week. None of them had a touchdown the whole year. Yeah. 
The only one that did anything was Devin Thomas, and he caught a couple like five yard, six yard passes, maybe one or two that were in the team. He had that run, but you know, big deal, trick play. He made a touchdown on that, didn't he? He made a touchdown, dude. He did. That's what I'm saying. He made a run for a touchdown on that reverse. Oh, that's right. He fought for that. He worked really hard on that. He fought for that. Um, And you could see where he was like, you know, the physicality that he can bring. And hopefully we're going to see that next year as they've been in the NFL for a year and they they figure out, yeah, you can't come into camp out of shape, number one, you know, stuff like that. And hopefully they'll, they'll do better next year. But, you know, so far not so good. Mm-hmm. What was that? And maybe Malcolm Kelly will actually like get better and show something next year because they were all excited about him in training camp, and then he got injured for the whole year. Yeah, they were they were really excited about him, and you know, the receiver. They drafted a receiver that had knee problems in college and only had one good year, so. I'm not, I'm not too sure he's going to do much of anything for it. And we all know who John's favorite draft pick was. Justin Tryon. Durant Brooks? Now, if Tryon, yeah. if, if Tryon would have actually panned out, then Carlos Rogers should be sweating it right now. But if I were him, I would just shut up and oh, wait and see. Justin Tryon. I can't believe that Justin Tryon has hung around like he did. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he takes it through the next training camp. Jeez. And speaking of Durant Brooks and Sean Sweezum, um, I saw <laughs> watching these uh, college bowl games over the last few days. I saw three or four kickers that I'd much rather have than Sean Sweezum. Dude, there were a couple Good of kickers Lord, I was watching yeah. yesterday. I was like, man, one guy hit like a fifty-three yarder and then a forty-seven yarder, and and uh, yeah. dude, it was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. There were actually, actually, you know who I was looking for in these college games, I was watching O-linemen because, yeah, um, and there were a couple of good standouts uh, on the O-line. Who's that guy, um, not in a bowl not in a bowl game uh, that I was watching, but uh, who's that O-lineman from Virginia that's available? He's really good. I can't think of uh, I can't remember his name, but they're talking about him being a top 10. Yeah, exactly. Draft day. Too bad we have 13. <laughs> Well, you know, as a lineman, he may go, he may get pushed back. So you never know. You never know. We'll see. Or Serato may trade up. Let's trade all of our picks and uh, get Ricky Williams. Let's do that. Anyway, <laughs> that's later in the um, itinerary later, later. here. We got to get back to we'll this crappy Forty Niners game. We oh, lose twenty-seven yeah. to twenty-four. Um, there were some things near the end of the game. Like, first of all. Um, Sean Springs gave up a huge pass that put them in field goal range under a minute left. And then Zorn, who has in the past used timeouts for no reason when the other team's downing the ball to end the game, did not call a timeout to get us at least time to make them kick off after they kicked the field goal, which blew my mind since, you know, Cartwright almost broke one. Stuff like that didn't make sense to me. But, um, did that Cartwright almost broke one? Yeah. Like this? <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. Cartwright had another great game. And is, uh, you can't really say anything bad about him. Unless he's cutting one off like that, like in a small room. Or <laughs> anyway. Clear the field, clear the room. John was talking. Five returns for 143 yards. Yeah, yeah, he returned that one 43 yards there. Yeah, and John was talking about um, how the Redskins offense actually scored some points, but still they didn't look good doing it. To tell you the truth, I mean we got no, not really. later in the game. Zorn kept trying to run Portis, who's who's been shut down the whole second half of the season because they run like the same three plays with them, and then and they don't have very good uh, run block anymore. Yeah, and then late in the game, you know. We're trying to run when we're coming back, and it didn't fool anyone. Randall had a good run back. Yeah, he had one in the very last game. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yep. And once again, um, and for some reason, again, what Josh is talking about, when defensive backs go to other teams, they suck for us and go to other teams and have good games. Um, Walt <laughs> Harris Walt Harris pretty much shut down Santana Moss most of the day. I'm telling you. Yeah, he did. They mentioned his name. I was like, oh, yeah, you went to the 49ers. And then they mentioned his name again and again. 
And again, yeah. I was like, man, he's like the best defensive player in the field right now. Which is another thing that I didn't understand. At one point in the game, San Francisco had two backup safeties in, and we're running it. When they shut down the run the whole day, I'm like, what are you doing? Just open it up down the field. Yeah, the only, yeah, the only good person they had in the secondary really was a, was a, was a Walt Harris. And they had those backups in, and, and they took one shot downfield the entire game, which sailed out of bounds. Dude, you realize you just so they, said the only good defensive back they had in the game was Walt. Walt Harris. Harris? Yeah. <laughs> Walt Harris. He was like our Carlos Rogers yeah. before Carlos Rogers, man. He was. He was our Carlos Rogers between um, Daryl Pounds and Carlos Rogers. We always have one cornerback. <laughs> Martin Mayhew, speaking of, has been promoted to general manager of the, the uh, Lions. Lions. And I was talking to my friend that owns the Lions, and I was like, dude, Martin Mayhew was the dude that, that always got burnt. <laughs> I was like, he was the dude that owns the Lions? Oh, sorry, that likes the Lions. He probably could own the Lions <laughs> for $1 million at this point. But anyway, he was saying, I was telling him, I was like, Martin Mayhew, he was the dude that always got burnt opposite of Daryl Green. But anyway. Well, hopefully he'll be able to run the uh, front office better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much the last game of the season left us uh, left us pretty much how we felt after pretty much every game at the second half of the season, saying, "Man, we suck. What is the problem?" And we know what a lot of the problems are. The offensive line is old and can't block. The defensive line doesn't put any pressure on the quarterback. We have a horrible field goal kicker. Our punter is slow as molasses. Very <laughs> yeah. But I think the two, like you said, I think the two biggest problems are the the lines. Especially yeah, the defensive ends and the offensive line. If anyone saw any of that bowl game last night where Alabama was missing that, that awesome lineman that they have. Yeah, dude. Uh, was messing around with the agent. They only had They didn't even clear 50 yards rushing in that game because he was out. The only game that he missed this year, I don't know who they were playing. It must have been some scrub team. They only had like 99 yards rushing in the game because that one player on the offensive line is that important. And it all starts up front. If you don't have a good front line on offense or defense, what are you going to do? That's right, dude. The only reason our defense was as good as it was, I think, for the year because our linebackers were not very good this year, other than letting Fletcher, of course. You know that our secondary was very, very, very good at covering man to man. See, that's the thing that I don't understand. Like all these people, like put so much glory on the running back. It's like spend more money to get a good offensive line and get an average running back. Because, dude, if your offensive line opens you a hole, me and John can get ten yards before they tackle us. Come on, yeah. If they don't open any hole, the best running back. But, yeah, but the best running back, yeah. the best running back is not going to get anywhere if there's no hole for him to run through. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather have an awesome offensive line and then be like, "Here, um, Joe Schmo, get back there and run the ball." Yeah, exactly. And that's how you see, yeah. like, you see it all the time, even in the NFL. Like, there'll be a running back that's like so awesome or whatever, and uh, he gets injured, and then his backup comes in. And does almost as well, if not as well. It, do you think how much of that is the the skill of the running back of running back, or is a lot of it on the offensive line? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo, I hear you screaming there, big bird. I dig um, what you're screaming. I dig what you're screaming. Or so we need to bulk up these lines, <laughs> dude. And we already said earlier in the year that our offensive line, at what, all of them were over 30 except for Stefan Heyer? All of them. And, you know, I'm still not. I, I think the jury is still out on Stefan Heyer. Oh, yeah. I don't think you all that. Me either. So we need to do something on those two fronts. And the, we said that last year, too, and then we kept uh, drafting receivers. And me and John are like, right. uh... And then the whole Fred Davis thing, we're like, what is up with that? 
We don't need but another yeah, tight end. When you have Chris Cooley, yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand he was the best player available, but pick him up and trade him or something. Do something. We need uh, linemen. Something. Way to go, man. All right, well, I'm sure the focus in uh, free agency and all that stuff is going to be, and, and the draft is going to be, hopefully, on that sort of thing. We'll talk about that in a minute, because, guys, I think we need to do our kicks and games for uh, this this uh, debacle in San Francisco. All right. All right. And now, the coveted and ever-elusive Game Ball Award. All right, here are the Game Ball Awards brought to you by whoever. Um, all right, who wants to start with their Game Ball? Who? Who? What? Huh? What? All right, um, I guess I'll give my Game Ball first. My Game Ball for this game goes to London Fletcher, who's been playing with a hurt foot. And kept playing every week, even though, like, the defense started collapsing around him. And still, even in the very last game, I mean, he's like, he's like a vicious pit bull out there. That guy is head and shoulders above so many other players. And mm. just, just the tenacity and, and the viciousness of the way he's out there hitting people and driving them into the ground. I mean, he's, dude is bad, man. He's awesome. Yep. Set of tackles, two assists, all over the field, as always. All right, solid. Yep. Josh? Yep. Next. What about you, Josh? No, you go ahead, Aaron. I'll go, I'll go last. Quite frankly, the game was so long ago, I can't really remember all the plays. But, what? Dude, we're closing in on a week here. Do what? Let me think Let's about it on. here for a second. Uh, let me see. I'm going to give my game ball to Jason Campbell because at the end of the game, when it came down to the wire, it was fourth down. Instead of taking a sack like he normally does, he actually made something happen and went all out and ran and oh, got that touchdown. You. Dude, I'm glad you did that because if you didn't do that, I was going to give him a shout-out, definitely. I also wanted oh, to yeah. um, give him a – uh, game ball for running it a few other times in the game when nothing was open and instead of throwing it away or taking a sack actually ran and made positive yards and a couple times first downs. He's gotten better at that yeah, over the course of this year. I don't know about you guys, but when the hell did Jason Campbell become a running quarterback? Because when he runs, he almost always does it at a really intelligent time and he almost always gets a first down. I know, like dude. Third and 12 and he's like looking, looking, and he's like, crap, I gotta run. And he usually he's gets like to break down too. He's not small. And he so. usually gets like twenty yards. He makes like a move and makes one guy miss at least. Yeah. Not like he's, a super cut, but enough to make the guy miss and knows yeah, where he I has mean, to he's go. Made a lot of strides this year as a quarterback in general, but like the whole running aspect, like he's never ever been known in his college career or in the pros as being able to run. And now that's becoming a bit of a threat because he can scramble. Yeah. He also fumbled a lot less this season, I might add. Uh-huh. He protected the ball. I mean, I think all of that is on Jim Zorn. Mm-hmm. Is what he's done to help Campbell out. And I know there's a lot of people out there who who don't like Campbell and they want to see freaking Colt Brennan come in to take over the offense, that Campbell holds the ball too long. And, yeah, he holds the ball too long sometimes, but he touches the ball on every single play. Every quarterback makes some bad calls. He only ended up with, like, uh, uh, four picks on the entire year? Six. Six picks on the entire year. Six picks, six fumbles, one was lost. And that's um, six picks in eight games. Damn good. Six picks in eight games because yeah. he didn't have any for the whole first half of the season. And dudes, let's yeah. face it here. His receivers, he's got Santana Moss, who they blanket. His other receivers right. aren't really producing. Randall L. sometimes, but he's really a number three. They don't really have a number two receiver. Right. They thought they did. And they just played like number two. Yeah. So, anyway, that's who my game ball is going to for this game. Good one. Good one. And, yeah, yeah. And just like Brock was saying, add on to that. All the Jason Campbell haters out there, you could do a hell of a lot worse. And I think he's going to be, if, if we can get him some more weapons and some more protection on the line, 
he's going to be a really, really good quarterback in this league. But I've been a Campbell fan ever since they drafted him. Yeah, so. in fact, I can only really remember like maybe three or four passes the whole season where I was like, where are you throwing it there? Like when it was just completely wrong, like Brett Favre does a hundred times a game. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm just, think about Favre. People have to remember, yeah, he's the all-time pass or touchdown leader in the NFL, but he's also the all-time interception leader. So you know, you, the Jets knew what they were getting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what about you, Josh? Yeah, that was my little rant for Campbell. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Campbell fan still. I hate to do this, and you'll know why in a minute, but I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to give the game ball to Carlos Rogers because he actually uh, he actually caught one that hit him in the hand. Yeah, I don't know how he caught that. He ended up like hit him, and it kind of slipped, and he pinned it against his hip. Mm-hmm. Notice it did it's slip. because he didn't have to think. But he did catch it. Yeah. He did yeah. catch it, and then he started running around like, dee <laughs> at the very end, he dove. Remember, he like dove forward, and I thought he was going to fumble it when he did that. Yeah, not only did he have a pick like that, Josh, he ran it for thirty-one yards. But unfortunately, like every other every other turnover, the defense got they couldn't get it in the end zone. That's not enough for him to uh, to be able to whine about it yeah. about being a backup. Yeah, two picks in sixteen games. That's an average of point. Heck, I can't figure it out. Yeah, who who knows? <laughs> That's a very complicated math right there. Anyway, uh, okay, so let's just go ahead and move on to the, um, you know what, the. Uh, it's time for this week's kicking the balls award. <laughs> Carlos Rogers. That's your kick also? That's my kick. <laughs> because? Because he's only he's only intercepted twice this season. And he whined about it, how he can't how he shouldn't be the backup to anybody. I'm not gonna be the backup to anybody. Not to nobody. To nobody. You're talking about this and you said what, D'Angelo Hall, he's caught he's had two picks and he only played half the games. I'm not yeah, going to be. He whines a lot too, though. He's whiny, dude, and he sits on the bench and acts hurt. Oh, my pinky finger! I want to go talk yeah, to Romo. I want to talk to Romo about what he did with his <laughs> pinky finger. Oh. I'm sorry, Carlos Rogers. Here, here's the sound right here. Whack! <laughs> the kick in the ball. Dude, we need Happy to hire New Year, Carlos. We need to hire a foley artist to just hang out in we, the studio. We do, man. A foley artist. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right, John, who's your kit go to? Um my kick is gonna go to the defense. The entire defense? Even though because they gave us the most points of any game this season to stand for freaking Cisco. In the very last game of the year, they gave him 27 points. That's true. That is true. Well, my kick goes to the defense for this game. That was, you know, you could see it coming. You could see the mudslide happening for weeks. But it just it just rolled all the way downhill this time. Okay. Um, more specifically than that, I think I'm going to have to give my kick to Sean Springs for getting burnt on that play that put them in field goal range in the very last minute of the game. Because he got yeah. completely turned around the other way, opposite, on that play. Which I could kind of yep. see it because he guessed that they were going to go on an outside pattern and they went inside with it. But they had timeouts, so... I don't know. He got completely turned around, and I was like, dude, who gave that up? Carl I was hoping and thinking it was Carlos Rogers because then I could just rag on him some more. But this time right. it was Sean Springs. <laughs> it was Sean Springs, and uh, he really let me down there. So um, that's who my kick's going to for that one play. Although I very nearly gave it to Jim Zorn for his bad uh, coaching there at the end of the game, but I've given yeah, him enough kicks this year. Next year. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, there's our games and kicks. Um, 
So next on the uh, itinerary here is talking about how <laughs> Dallas got beat by the Eagles. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Dallas got it handed to them. Do we even need to buy the Eagles? We don't even need to say much about that. I think the Redskins Nation knows all about this. Oh, my. If there's anything that made... Really, I was looking for Eagles fans during this week while I was out and about just so I could like, point out and be like, I hate you, team, but thank you. Dude, that was hilarious because every time, like, you can ask John because I have the Sunday ticket and he was on the phone with me and I'd flip over and I'd be like, oh, the Eagles just got a fumble. Let me flip back to the Redskins game, like, during commercials and stuff. And then the next time I'd flip and be like, oh, the Eagles are kicking a field goal. And then I'd come back and be like, oh, Romo just fumbled again and it looks like he's crying now. It was pretty hilarious. <laughs> and then John just kept going, keep flipping back. <laughs> Every time you, yeah, every time you flip back, something good happens. Yeah. So even though I didn't really watch the game, I did just notice that score, like, keep flipping up at the top of the screen for the Eagles. And it was cracking me up. With that being yeah, said, though. Just, oh, and oh, I do. Dude, and the funniest part was right before halftime when I flipped it over when the Redskins were already at halftime. And, um,. What was it? Uh, Pac-Man Jones, who we all love and adore, got burnt on some long pass. And then after the play, he totally housed the guy out of bounds and got 15 yards. And then like one or two plays later, the Eagles um, got a touchdown on it. I think. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles got a touchdown on it. They got a touchdown, and then he was back for the kickoff, and he fumbled it. Yeah, then he fumbled the kickoff with like 20 seconds left, and the Eagles had five seconds and kicked a field goal at the end. (laughs) And it was funny because the refs, you could tell that they don't like um, Pac-Man Jones because he probably whines and cries the whole game. And when he threw that guy out of bounds, the ref looked him right in the eye and then threw the flag like 20 feet straight up in the air, like as hard as he could. (laughs) It was hilarious, man. He was like, whoosh, and just launched it and looked at Pac-Man Jones like he was so mad at him for hitting that guy. It was hilarious. But anyway, yeah, so with that being said, hopefully the Eagles will get beat um, today. And, uh, no, not today, tomorrow. Sorry, tomorrow. The Eagles are playing Sunday. Where I had this up. The Eagles will be playing Sunday, um, 4.30 at Minnesota. We'll be on Fox. Probably, I can guarantee it's going to be Joe Yuck, unfortunately. Um, maybe they'll get laryngitis or something. The Eagles. The Eagles. I don't know. Joe Yuck? Eagles for uh, finishing, finishing knocking out uh, Dallas. And uh, hopefully you guys will get your butt slipped by the Vikings. It would be, dude, it would be interesting to watch and listen to Joe Yuck to see if he still strokes Dallas and about how they're still going to win the playoffs this year and make good of the Super Bowl. He'll probably be like, and I still can't believe how bad they lost because Dallas is a good team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, I got an email. Yeah, I emailed this <laughs> Dallas fan this week, and all it said in my email was like, he, he, need I say more? And then she emailed me back and was like, at least we lasted longer than you guys. And then I emailed her back, and I was like, hmm, you could look at it that way, but at least we beat the Eagles twice. <laughs> we beat you guys once. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was pretty hilarious. That's yeah, Dallas fans really don't have anything they can joke us about this year. I don't know. Not really. Anyway, with that being said, um, good luck to whoever's playing the Eagles and the Giants in the playoffs. Right. And right. shall we move on to this season's? Let's move on. You know what it's time for? Do you know what it's time for? It's time for this season's Game Ball Award. The season. What? The season Game Ball Award. MVP time. Oh, oh, oh. MVP It is MVP and LVP time for the season. The season awards from Harry Dog Football. And here it is. Right on. And we're starting right on. games. I'll start it out. All right, go for it, dude. All right, now, now before we go, we're gonna before we start this, we'll make sure we're in the right format here, dude. We're going to give a season MVP game ball and a season 
LVP kicking the balls to offense, defense, and special teams. Oh, really? Okay. One All right. Each. So one offensive player for each, one right. defensive player for each, and one special teamer. Do we each have to have a different one, or does it matter? All right. Uh, we'll see. All right. Go ahead. Josh, okay. you're up. We'll start on offense, Josh. All right. It's tough. Do I get to give all three and then you guys go, or are we giving offense everybody, defense everybody? Let's do offense everybody. All right. Um, you know, offense is kind of easy in a lot of ways. There's obvious choices. Um, yeah. And um, – you mean because there are so few standouts on the offense? <laughs> Even though we have four pro bowlers? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, i got to give an offensive game ball MVP for this year to Clinton Portis. It's just got to be done. Uh, Hooray! He's, he's, he's got to get a sound effect. Oh, yeah. Home. got our, uh, our uh, come on down sound effect there. Oh, oh that right. one. Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold yeah. Um. Clinton Portis, come on down. Right, here it is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Dude, I mean, look at how we sound professional. Look Excellent. At, look at the season that Clinton Portis had this year. And imagine the season he could have had had we actually had an O-line that could uh, open up holes for him. And you know what's kind of funny that you say that? how he came out in the press and uh, basically said exactly that about the last couple of seasons. If he had had a really good O-line, right. how much better he would have been than he already is. Exactly. And some people were kind of like, well, that was kind of a prick thing to do. And it kind of was to call out people in the press like that. But it's true. He's, he's right. He is it's right. True. Anyway, there's mine. Go for it. There's yours. And Clinton Portis' numbers on the season, he did play all 16 games, 342 rushes for 1,487 yards. Um, he also tacked on 28 receptions for 218 yards. Um, he had nine touchdowns on the season. I think he ended up fourth in the National Football League yeah, after leading through the first half. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Clinton Portis. But he did for... the whole thing hurt in some way or another. Yeah. Congratulations, Clint Portis, for Josh's Season Gay Ball Award. Josh's MVP pick. All right, what about you, John? Right. Um, well, I'm going to give my Season Gay Ball Award on offense to... Liddell Bates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Alexander. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to James <laughs> Campbell. Jason Campbell. Sean Alexander. Yeah, well, I'm taking my back. back. Mine's going to Cole Brennan. (laughs) Now, seriously, mine goes to Jason Campbell. I thought he, I always thought he's got the talent, and he, I thought that he came along a lot faster than I and pretty much anyone else expected he would under yet another offensive coordinator. Um, who is basically Tim Zorn. And I thought he had an exceptional year. We already talked about his numbers on the season. His quarterback rating was like an 87 or 89 point something. Uh, it just, just fancy. He was an 84.3 quarterback rating. He had a really good year. 13 touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, lost one fumble, uh, 3,245 yards. He, you know, he wasn't spectacular. Under a new coordinator and a new scheme like it is, I wouldn't expect any quarterback to be spectacular, especially with the weapons he had uh, to throw to. And the, the offensive line has started leaking really badly. You can say that again. Jason like Campbell had a really good year. Like a field. And, uh, yeah, I thought he had a very good year. He's definitely my offensive uh, MVP, especially since we're picking. Because I think Clinton Portis is the obviously number one choice. But since I think we should go for different people okay. um, if possible. What? I think he definitely deserves an MVP as well. Um, well, if we have to go for different people, I'm going to have to go ahead and give mine to you. Out to dry. <laughs> uh, Pro Bowler Chris. Just kidding. Uh, Who? <laughs> dude, I'm going to have to like split my differences and go with both of those guys because I can't think of another one that I would give my season offensive 
MVP too because a like you were saying Jason Campbell went half a season without even throwing an interception didn't make any bonehead plays really through the course of the year stepped up actually not taking sacks and not fumbling and running and getting some positive yardage and he came a long way through the year and he was not the reason that the Redskins did not do better this season and then on the other hand Clinton Portis would have to get my award for how tough he is he got injured a hundred times. Played he played every game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Played all those injuries. Yeah, that one game. Remember where they were like, "There's no way he's going to play," and then he played. Um, yeah, I mentioned him in my fantasy league. That the oxygen man. He had he played every game. Yeah. He was basically <laughs> basically between him and Jason Campbell and somewhat Santana Moss. Um, even though I think didn't Chris Cooley still lead the team in receptions, even though I didn't think he had that great of a year. No, he led the team in receptions. Um, he had four more than Moss, but Moss actually broke the thousand-yard mark. Yeah. So be- between those four guys, I mean, other than that, we didn't really have much offense. So I'm gonna have to split my uh, MVP award between um, Jason Campbell and Clinton Portis. Right on. I think that's fair, definitely, because. Yeah, exactly. I think that's fair. All right. All right. So what about the defense? Uh, Poor John. We'll switch it up. All right. My defensive player of the year, none of the man. And I can't even joke about it. London Fletcher. I do it. Positively. I do it. Positively. He is one of my... He is one of my favorite linebackers of all time as far as the Redskins are concerned now. I mean, he just, he is what other linebackers should aspire to be. Yeah, he's awesome. He led the team in tackles by a lot. Um, he had 96 solo tackles, 37 assists, so he had a total of 133 tackles. Um, second was Rocky McIntosh with 88. Um, he even had a few passes defended. He had half a sack. Um, basically, if he hadn't been there, our defense would have been so much worse than they were. Because, you know, they finished fourth in the league as far as, you know, overall defense, but they really weren't all that in the second half of the season like we've been talking about. I agree. I would agree with that. He's like an angry pit bull out there, man. I, he, he's, oh, man, like, you just wouldn't want to run into him, like, pissed off somewhere. Nope. All right, Aaron, well, you went last last time. Well, that was going to be mine that John stole, but I'm I'm going to have with him taking London Fletcher. I'm going to have to say that my MVP for the defense for the year is going to none other than rookie sensation Chris Horton. That's a good pick. Chris Horton led the team in interceptions, as we discovered during the course of this podcast. With three, was in on tons of plays, reminiscent of. Daryl Green, always around at the point of the tackle. He was at least on the screen. Yeah. Um, even disrupted more plays than he had tackles for, where he would come shooting into the backfield and cause the running back to get tackled by someone else behind the line. Stuff of that nature. Plus, dude, is it me, or do you love this hair? Oh, yeah. He had an excellent year. He was a huge surprise and basically Hello? the gem of the draft. So, congratulations to Chris Horton for winning my defensive MVP of the year as a rookie. Don't mess up next year. All right. So, that leaves us to Josh for his defensive player of the year. All right. Who you got? I'm ready. I don't get music now because I complain about it. You get the music right when you say it. What? This week's Where Are They Now? No, dude, we got you gotta give your defensive what are you about? Josh, you gotta give your defensive <laughs> Your defensive here. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm ready to wrap this thing up. We're pushing fifty minutes. Um all right. <laughs> Pardon the technical and uh, the technical and doofus difficulty here. Pardon the brain fart. <laughs> Here's what we're doing. All right, so here we go. My defensive MVP 
game ball of the year for the 2000 and the 2008 Washington Redskins because there was no 2009 uh, tacked on to the 2008. Yes, not yet. Um, let's see. Defensive, defensive, defensive. Got to go to Got to go to none other than number thirty, Laron Landry. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Come on down and play the alpine skier and win your trident gum. LaRon Landry, <laughs> you are the man. The alpine skier. LaRon Landry had an awesome year. He should be in the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. Because he's back there playing center field. People are afraid to throw at him. Dude, and it doesn't matter where he plays. He, he, he kind of reminds me of, uh, of when you see Daryl Green running out of nowhere to make that tackle. Like, LaRon Landry, yeah. Landry kind of just comes out of nowhere. He's always there at the, at the play when it's got to happen. And he still has two picks on the season as well. And yeah. he totally cold-cocked that dude in the Eagles game. <laughs> and, he got, and he got totally housed one time, which was good for him, I think. So I think so, too. He actually came back in that game. That was the Giants game where Brandon Jacobs ran him over. And he actually came back and made a big hit on him later. Right. But, of course, that never made the, the, uh, the highlight reels of the season. That's right. But yeah, that's, that's a taste of humble pie right there, or a piece of humble pie again on that one, that's for sure. Yeah, man. So congratulations. Anyway, LeBron Landry, there you go. Congratulations to all of Harry Hog Football's Defensive Player of the Years. Year, I guess. Okay, um... So moving on to the special teams player of the year. Yeah, you're first this time around. All you right. are first. My special teams player of the year award is going to go to... Um, That's in trial. No. Rock Cartwright. For having another strong season and leading... I'm sure he led the team in returns. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> I don't know what his stats were, but he always put them in good field position and rarely made mistakes. After we thought at the beginning of the season he might be cut, he was not, and he proved to be yeah. yet another valuable asset to the team. So, Rock Cartwright, congratulations. Valuable what? Asset to the team. Okay. Component? Component. Member? Member of the All right, Josh, you're next. Dude. Cog. He was a valuable <laughs> cog of the team. All right. Um, special teams. I was actually going to give mine to Rock, to Rock Cartwright. Um, let's see. Randall out. No. Um, Can I go to Randall? Everybody's dancing. <laughs> let's see. I've got to give my special teams. It was going to be Rock Cartwright, man. Um, you know, I'm gonna give mine. I'm gonna give mine to Mike Sellers on special teams because Chris Horton was gonna be another pick. Uh, but Mike Sellers, only because I, I think he's a quality guy, and I know he did have that one fumble in regular play at the uh, you know a couple games ago. But um, dude, have you ever watched him come down and tackle somebody? Oh man, yeah. Dude, he's just a he's just a big man and a big tackler, um, and I think he's. Uh, I just. I think he's a good player to have around. And a pro and, and bowler, I'm willing I might to bet as to who John is going to pick, but I won't bet. Mike Sellers, actually, he had 11 tackles on the year um, and two assists. There you go. All right. Excellent. Putting him ahead of such stalwarts on the defense and Kareem Moore, <laughs> Chris <laughs> Wilson, <laughs> Carlos Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> when you got an offensive player that's making more tackles than a defensive player. Yeah. All right. So, there you go. So who are you going to choose, go, John? John? Uh, well, I think the obvious MVP is obvious. It's, it's Rock Cartwright, hands down, for no matter what. Sure. But since we are trying to pick some other people to fill it in here, um, um, I guess I'm going to have to pick uh, – I can't even say Sean Sweden and Jeff. Um well, I guess if I'll, I'll give a shout to uh, the the Doughboy Flackemeyer. Really, only for a couple of games. Wait, is that your pick? No, that's not my pick. I just want to give him a shout for uh, okay having for uh, he did pretty decent. He did better than Brooks. He's just he's just got to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Well, who's but I think he could. 
he could be quicker or he could be good. My special teams player. James um, Durant. Other than Rock Cartwright, I can't think Come of Come on, dude. You, you, always, you always say he's the most unrecognized guy. And he's out there making. You know, I say that about Demetri Evans. You can make a so you can make a Pro Bowl pick and say James Thrash. Yeah, I could say that. Kerry Campbell's the only one other one I can think of. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah, John's Kerry pick. Lots of good tackles. How, what, how many tackles did he have? He only, he had eleven tackles on the year. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's he's one of those people that that tries to keep everybody in line um, on special teams during the returns and everything. And I don't think, I don't know. It's kind of a, a half-hearted, a half-hearted. I thought it would go to James Thrash, man. He's kind of a real special teams sort of leader kind of guy, you know? Yeah. He's, well, really, really it goes to Rock Cartwright. I was just trying to do everybody else. So, okay. yeah, mine goes to Rock Cartwright, too. I got to go with that. I can't pick, I can't really pick anybody else because he had an awesome year. Right on. Yep. <clears throat> All right, uh, cool. So there's our congratulations to those players for actually receiving the Harry Hug Football Game Balls of the Year. Now, moving forward real quick before we wrap up the show, it's time for the LVP Awards, the Harry Hug Football Least Valuable Player Awards for the Year, and we need to go through this quick because we're running this podcast long. This is overall. Overall. This is overall, so otherwise known as the Harry Hog Football Kicking the Balls Award for the Year. I mean, yeah. but but I mean, like, it's just one person for the whole team. Or are we doing division? No, we're doing we're doing teams again. Offense, defense. Special. All right. Well, let's just give them all three instead of going around. Let's just yeah. Do let's offense, run through defense, special teams. All right, run through. Uh, somebody else go first this time. John, you want to take it? Aaron, go ahead. You never go first. All right, my offensive kicking the balls award for the year is going to go to. I got to think about this. Uh, Go. Go. Uh, <laughs> Chris Cooley. What? I thought he played. Wow. Su- I thought he played subpar this year. He fumbled a few times in key situations, dropped some passes in key third down situations. You're telling me out of the entire offense, you picked Chris Cooley to give the kick in the balls award to for the whole year? Yeah, he let me down. He let me More down. Than wow. Other people. Wow, dude, that's a big. We've debated that a few a few uh, episodes here recently. You, well, I think he's. he's I thought he had actually a very good year because he had to do a lot of blocking and he still led the team in, in uh, perceptions. Yeah, I thought he was fine. I don't care. And, I, and he let me down. Yardage as a tight end versus wide receiver, I thought he did fine. I mean, it wasn't yeah. as good as like last year, I would say. But well, that's what I'm judging off of. I'm not comparing him to other players. I'm comparing him to what, his own abilities, and he let me down. I think it's because he was distracted. But anyway, so what you're saying is, Chris Cooley, you need to look in the mirror and get your uh, priorities straight. Not the mirror over your bed. All right. Now, I'm, I don't want people to send me a bunch of emails like, how can I say that, that he's not bad? I'm just saying. Dude, they're going to. They're going to. Everybody's going to be like, how could you say that? Well. You're, totally, you're just mad because he hasn't sent us a thank you note from the uh, wedding guest. You, yeah. you know what threw him over the top, that fumble in the Bengals game? I think that set up the whole game. And um, Yeah, pretty much, yeah. All right. All right, what about defense? He just didn't live up to his expectation in and I'm going to come out right out and say I don't think he deserved going to the Pro Bowl this year. Okay, uh, defense by kicking the balls award for the year. This is an easy one. It's going to go to Sean Springs, and that's because he wasn't there when we needed him the most. And when he was there, he played really good, but he missed so many games that I think it hurt us in the long run. So my kick is going to give to him for not trying to play through some of those injuries. I'm getting kind of nit- nitpicky, aren't I? No, I think that's a pretty good one. Okay, and then my special teams kick. Hmm, this is going to be an easy one. I have three to choose from, and I'm just going to go ahead and go with Sean Sweezum. Like we said last year, he should have been cut, and he wasn't. Can we just go unanimous with that one? Yeah, let's just go unanimous on that. For special teams. You suck. Sean Sweezum. Oh, man, I feel so much better. There you go, unanimous. All right, what about you guys? So that means you you guys just have to do your offenses and defenses then. Go ahead. All right, I can wait, Josh, if you want to go next. All right, my, my offensive kick goes to the collective O-line. They sucked. They, I think that's good. They were they were a, a leaky cauldron, so to speak. Okay, okay. Um, what else do 
I need to say? Kicks. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, Al. Go bye-bye. Vinny Serrato, if you want to do something good for this team, go out and get some offensive linemen. Or cut yourself. Good. Right on. Or yourself and get a new general manager. Yeah. All right. Who else? All right. Defense. Defensive. defensive kick would have to go to Carlos Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough said. <laughs> enough said about that. I've kicked him twice right. in one episode. <laughs> All right. Um, we don't need to get into why. Everybody knows why. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me throw out my uh, my offensive kick in the balls goes to the uh, the three number uh, the three second round draft picks. Um, all three of them: Fred Davis, Malcolm wow. Kelly. Um, um, who was the other one? Devin Thomas. My my kick goes to all three collectively. So they, uh, they, didn't get much, they didn't get much playing time. Is it really their fault? That is a good one. I think. Yes, because they came in unprepared. Yeah, okay. I think that's a good one. Especially if Fred Davis like overslept. They could have contributed if they were good enough to contribute. They, I think Zorn would have absolutely had him on the field more. Mm-hmm. Okay, good and one. Basically, basically, he kept saying every week, he's like, "They're not ready. They're not good enough to be out there." And if they weren't good enough to be out there, they really suck. All right, dude. So, so hopefully next year we better. That's my game or my kick. My defensive kick goes to none other than Mister Nichols. Jason Taylor, number 55, <laughs> who I believe is probably a top three worst pick of the pickup of the Snyder era. Really? Like, yeah, that's I pretty bad. I think he is one of the biggest wastes of money and playing time, taking playing time away from others who contributed just as much as he did with a lot less time, i.e. Demetrius Evans. And a lot less money. $8 million a year, three and a half sacks, 21 tackles. Demetrius Evans had 20 tackles, 13 assists. He had three and a half sacks. That's like over $2 million a sack. That's amazing. It's amazing. I, unbelievable. I think he's right up there with, with Deion Sanders and Mark Carrier. He's one of the worst pickups of the 10-year Snyder era. Dude, you got, you got to admit, if you stuck him and Deion Sanders in a room, you would rather see Deion Sanders stay than him. I mean, you'd rather see uh, Jason Taylor stay than him. What? what? <laughs> you'd yeah. rather see Jason Taylor stay than, stay than Deion Sanders. You can't. If I had to pick, dude, if I had to pick between the two, Deion Sanders is the number one worst pick ever in the Snyder <laughs> era. Yeah, let's era. get that straight. Period. Let's get Snyder that straight. Era. Period. That's hands down. But I think, I think he's <laughs> right up there with, with most worthless picks, especially for the money and the hype. Uh, right. he's, he's number two or number three. And I know that, that, that you, uh, you, you like you like Jason Taylor, and, and you, I don't know if you think he should come back next year, but I think he so absolutely totally needs to be cut. I mean, two of the sacks were, were covered sacks, where he had like no, four or no, five seconds before he got to the quarterback. I, I like Jason Taylor. I don't know how much talent he's – I mean, I don't know how much he's still got left in him. You know, he's getting up there. He had a good career in Miami. Of course, it's a different different conference and everything. I mean, as far as – uh, it's not the NFC. It's, it's not the NFC. Sure. You know, it's a different place to play. <clears throat> um, I do think the money was too much. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, I, you know, I don't know whether or not he should come back. I don't think he should. We should bring him back at that much money. I think it's just too much. But who knows what how the contract's laid out at this point? Um, but I, I think it's a bit harsh to say cut, cut, cut. It, it, the cut, cut, cut can only come from the money standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that we'll we'll have to debate that on next week's episode because we need to wrap this thing up, dude. All right, we'll wrap it up. Oh man! All right, we'll going, we'll uh, already went. We'll save. <laughs> Aaron, it's your go. I already went. Aaron, Aaron, it's your go, dude. It's your go. It's time for. <laughs> All right, dudes. Okay, so we're just going to wrap that up. We better save Where Are They Now. we got a lot of other stuff we didn't get to on this episode, but it's so long. We need oh, to. I had a Where Are They Now. All right. Just keep it till next week. Um, you guys realize we do do this show 52 weeks a year, so keep tuning in, tell your friends. and um, dudes, dudes, we got a lot for next week. Just to touch base really quick, what what are we talking about? Draft picks? Uh, where uh, should we should go in the draft? Yeah, and we're gonna the 2009 the schedule? Stuff like 09 that. 09 schedule. Um, Tom Scrivia uh-huh. will be back next week. Um, this week, by the way, we did get uh, some answers in. We did get a good 
Michigan, who has just about put himself over the top as far as being the winner. So um, those of you who have called in against David in Michigan, um, you know, if you wanna if you wanna shot at this thing, call in over the next uh, the next three or four weeks. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's over, dude. Go through the Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl. Okay, so yeah, keep calling in, and uh, we got to wrap this up. So if you guys, yeah, hail to the Redskins, um, and as always, especially this week and next week and all the off season. If you see a Cowboys yeah. fan, joke Cowboys fan, joke